One year, I kind of got an idea, you know, I want to try trap. I like to trap, I like to make lure, and I like to write. Where can it go from here? I would be able to spend more time in the woods. I was losing money hand over fish trapping, but I didn't care. Getting the traps out there is the hardest part, I think, with them. I would leave the critters in the back of my truck in the high school parking lot. We're going to set traps, like, no matter what. Some of these guys have trapped these areas for generations. We got through the furball. This is Northern Michigan. This is what you do. Representing trappers in a positive light. I'm going to ask you guys a question. Do you know everything? This will be fun. Trying to learn something from these legends. Ask questions without asking questions. Volumes of Perfect and Game magazine. There's structure from Perigo Gorman. Perg Lennon's articles, the Perg Lennon ads. Information, trapping radios. We are trappers on ourselves. To me, that's pretty important. All right, everybody listening to me? Develop a system yet because work it ahead of time to build big trapping. If you got very much the same as the you got bogged down. They started talking about these big fans. Most of my tunes are coming from up top, not down top. Probably the best part of the country in the world. I don't know, get them better. Trying to set predator traps and trash waders. The back of that beaver looks like it gets sheared. You better edit this part out. Yeah, we better. Back in the fur shed, this is Trapping Today. I'm Jeremiah Wood. Thank you for tuning in. It's great to have you here. We are brought to you by Potts Brothers Lures. K-A-A-T-Z-B-R-O-S dot com. Trap smarter, work harder, enjoy the success that follows. Cotsbros has a full line of everything you need to get started on the trap line. They've got trap snares, books, DVDs, baits, lures, all the associated tools and equipment to get going. Cotsbros.com. Stay tuned for the Cotsbros deal of the week at the end of this episode. We're also brought to you by OnX Maps. Turn your phone into a fully functioning GPS. Mark trap locations, record tracks get landowner information and browse the latest aerial imagery so much more you can do with onyx and we're going to learn more about that tonight we've got a great episode for you with uh, jared larson from onyx um, before we get going into that a few other things to mention we've got walter arnold main trapper stories from one of the last mountain men my new book that is available on amazon you can pick it up anytime you can also email me jrodwood at gmail.com for more information on uh, getting a physical copy that I will uh, autograph for you and and ship that out from here. But there's been a lot of book sales. I'm, I'm real excited about it. Actually, you know, Walter Arnold was a local legend here in Maine, and I wrote a little something for the local outdoor newspaper and uh, got a lot of feedback there from Maine people uh, purchasing the book. Uh, people from the podcast purchasing the book it's been great i've had a lot of feedback from folks who have had had it for a week or two and have started to read through the stories you know there's 300 pages there so there's a lot to get into and lots of great feedback on people saying man this is this is pretty awesome awesome stuff Uh, so uh, pick up your copy it's only about 20 bucks so uh you can you can get it in only two places amazon.com or from my house uh, the Trapping Today Mustella t-shirt, that is here and available, but I have not gotten it up on any website where you can order it, so you got to contact me. It's kind of an exclusive thing right now, because basically because I'm too busy and it hasn't been a priority, but you can get the shirt. I've sold several from people who have listened in and have emailed me uh, to, to request an invoice, and I'll either send you an 
invoice on PayPal or you can I'll show you, tell you where you can send me a check. And people love the shirts so far and I'm looking forward to getting in shirts in more people's hands. We are I'm already out of uh, some of the extreme sizes, extra small and 3XL. I, I don't have any of those, but I got lots of large XL and XXL and small and medium. So we'll, we'll continue, I'll continue to sell those to folks who contact me and then at some point we'll get that up on the website and, and give you a chance to get a better look at it and, and purchase it there. But yeah, you know, as things tend to happen, uh, you, you can never, you can never really predict what's, what summer's going to bring, I guess, at least in my world. And this year, you know, I've got the farm, I've got beef cattle here in addition to, to the other stuff that I get going on, which usually I can squeeze in some trapping preseason preparation. Uh, by, by now, by the 10th of August, usually I'll have all of my winter hay in, uh, 250 to 300 large round bales of hay. It takes quite a lot. Usually I'll have that all here and stacked and ready to go. And I'll be boiling traps and making wax dirt and going through all that stuff. But of course, this year it didn't work out, and uh, we're, we're in pretty bad drought here in northern Maine, and hard hay is getting hard to come by, and it's getting more expensive. So I was faced with the option of either uh, selling cows, because I won't have enough hay to get them through the winter, or trying to go at it and make some of my own. And I pieced together some old beat-down equipment, and I've been making a little bit of hay, and so far, it's been pretty successful, I would say. Uh, I I'm, I never wanted to get into this because of, number one, the time involved, trying to balance it with full-time job and other things like trapping, but also the expense of having the machinery and putting everything together and making it all work. Uh, I always figured, you know, I could buy it much more reasonably, which has been true. But now that I'm starting to make it and and it's working out a little bit and I haven't destroyed the equipment, I'm I'm keeping pretty close track of my costs and it is pre- it is not all that expensive uh, relative to whatever all the guys selling me have been telling me. <laughs> so so I, I who knows I may end up doing a little more of this. But uh, Will Griffith from Ohio uh, texted me while I was rolling around the field in the tractor and uh, showing me video making wax dirt and I'm just oh it hurt <laughs> seeing uh, I knew I had to, I ought to be doing that as well and and uh, he's getting ready for the season and I'm sure a lot of you other guys are are doing the same this is time this is time to get ready it's time to make your dirt it's time to boil dye wax your traps and it's time to get out scouting and if you're out scouting, one of the best tools that you can use is this new OnX Hunt app uh, from OnX Maps where you can just have, you know, you've got your phone. If you're like me, you get your phone on you everywhere you go. You're riding around in the woods, uh, around farm fields, whatever. You see some sign, you see location you want to trap. Pull that app up on your phone and you can mark that location you can look at the aerial photos and see what's around there and you can see who owns the land so uh, it's a huge it's a it's an incredibly valuable tool um, you you 
will learn so much tonight from from Jared at Onyx that I didn't know even uh, after using this app for a year. Uh, different features and things that you can do with it and actually a lot more that you can do free uh, with the app without it even subscribing. Um, if you if you do decide to subscribe, you know, you get a seven day free trial to for all full functions. And if you do decide to subscribe, you use that promo code TRAP and you'll get 20% off of your first year. So uh, it's really, it's 30 bucks a year. You're going to, you're going to use this. If, if you get it, you're, I will warn you, you're going to be hooked. You're not going to, you're not going to want to not use it. Um, the good thing is you subscribe and you can do all these, download your maps and have all these extra features. And if you decide, oh, you know, I don't really want to subscribe is, uh, or renew it. It's not like you're locked into this thing. Um, actually, I, I let my subscription lapse for a couple weeks and I could still use everything. There's just a few th- features like downloading maps offline and stuff like that that you you got to be subscribed to use so um, it's real seamless it's easy um, great people there and, and several of you have asked me for more information on on x and how to use it so uh, the long overdue we're gonna sit down and have a chat with jared larson from on x and learn a lot more on how to use this on the trap line let's hop in here all right, Jared Larson from OnX Maps. You are a marketing specialist. You want to tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do there? Yeah, absolutely, Jeremiah. So basically, I uh, started at OnX uh, three years ago, a little over now, and started in customer support, um, just working with folks to give them the, the best experience uh, off pavement possible using OnX and, and dialing them in. And then my degree is in marketing, so moved over to the marketing team uh, when a position opened up um, and been working in that realm for a little over two two years, two years and a few months now. And I do a lot of work with our um, ambassadors, partners, that type of stuff. And then I also oversee the, the marketing strategy for our regional uh, marketing efforts. So marketing towards the whitetail waterfowl turkey hunter. Um, whereas, you know, another functional team on our marketing team is, is more focused on Western big game. So I grew up in, in Wisconsin, in the Midwest, went to school in Iowa. So, um, kind of grew up doing the whitetail waterfowl turkey thing. Um, and in, in this case for a trapping today podcast, I haven't done a whole lot of trapping myself personally, but my old man certainly does a lot of trapping. Um, you know, he doesn't do it commercially or anything like that. He just kind of does it for fun. But I certainly tagged along with him when I was younger, you know, trapping raccoons and coyotes and muskrats and all that good jazz. So um, I, I would say I'm, I'm mostly a generalist. I, I love doing it all. But if I had to pick one thing, I, I think you'd find me sitting in trees come November. Nice. Nice. So did Onyx bring you to Montana? Yep. Yep. So graduated uh, from Iowa State, which I actually went to Iowa State dearly to obtain resident deer tags for nice. four years. <laughs> um, so so that was uh, an interesting route to choose the college for, but worked out pretty well. But yeah, just came uh, straight out to Montana after I'd spent um, my college summers up in Alaska um, doing some guiding in Bristol Bay, bumming around in southeast. My sister lived there um, and just fell in love with the mountains and rivers and uh, had already been using Onyx in college, um, you know, hunting public ground for for waterfall and stuff near Ames, Iowa, and uh, and then found a found a job opening and applied and moved on out here. Yeah, that's cool. Um, so I'm gonna date myself a little bit. 
the last, <laughs> the first time I was in, well, I hunted deer in Montana. I was with my brother-in-law, uh, Matt Seidel. Yep. Um, and it was, he had just started working with the company and it was called Hunting GPS Maps. Oh yeah. And there were chips that you could put in your GPS. You buy a chip for like $70 or $100 and they had, I don't know, maybe five or 10 states that that you could buy a chip and it was all about getting landowner information uh figuring out whose land you were on um and that was that was the company and and they just i think they were like three employees at the time and today it's it's just a completely different scene i mean it's just absolutely exploded so you want to maybe give us a little history on on how onyx has changed over the years yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, you nailed it right on the head. Um, and, and your brother-in-law, Matt, actually started out as, as my boss on the marketing team. Um, but basically, Eric founded Hunting GPS Maps back in 09. He was a hunting guide out in eastern Montana. And, you know, like anybody at the time, he was just struggling to denote public versus private because out, out here in the West, it's just so unmarked. Um, and obviously pretty rigid and, and steep repercussions, especially as a guide, if you find yourself on, you know, the wrong side of an imaginary fence. So he started just compiling as much information as, as he could get his hands on and, um, you know, making these chips. And I believe like Montana, Washington, and Idaho were like the original three chips. Um, and it, and it grew pretty, pretty rapidly from there. Uh, was rebranded into Onyx Maps, and then uh, I think around the 2014-2015 realm is when the Hunt app first came out. Um, you know, Eric, Matt, and team quickly realized that with with phone apps being so so much on the up and coming, and everybody getting smartphones at the time, you know, they they quickly foresaw that that was where they needed to go. Um, and then that kind of birthed the hunt app and it's obviously been rebranded to just on X. So now we have on X hunt on X off road. Um, and so we're, we're expanding our horizons a little bit and, and catering to some different, uh, consumers throughout the outdoor industry. Um, and, and yeah, so, I mean, as you see on X today, it's obviously a super powerful navigational tool, really, no matter what you're doing, if you're trying to go enjoy the outdoors, whether you're hiking, camping, trapping, hunting, fishing, um, you know, the, the applicable use cases are frankly never ending. I mean, every registered campsite, um, trails, uh, you know, boat accesses, all sorts of stuff is in the app. So it, it definitely goes far beyond hunting, which you, you know, well, yeah, absolutely. It's funny. I, I talk about that quite a bit because I, I use it it's a it's a product that I never thought that I it's some I've never thought I'd use it as much as I do you know I thought you know I'm gonna go hunting trapping and then maybe when I when I go fishing once in a while but I use it on the farm I got I got friends that are foresters that use it almost every day uh, real estate agents I mean it, it's incredible the the use it gets for you know outside of just the the hunting and fishing crowd I, I think I hear that from just about everybody I talk to about the app. They're like, man, you know, I bought this with great intentions to use it for my, you know, week long trip here or just set up this new property I bought there. But then they end up, yeah, they, they end up seeing who their neighbors are or tracking down a lost dog by contacting somebody through the app. Like the amount of stories that we get that it's like, Oh, that's a pretty off the wall use case. (laughs) It's 
pretty impressive. And, and sometimes we share those on social when, you know, we get a really good one or something. And it's just like, oh, yeah, wouldn't have thought to put it to use there. I mean, shoot, we even have, like, quite a few law enforcement agencies that supply it with, like, their entire staff. So, like, yeah. police teams, SWAT teams, that type of stuff. Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. Um, it, can you still get the chip? You can still get the chip. So we still sell the chip, um, and we actually have that for all 50 states now. Um, you know, obviously, Garmin GPSs are super solid units, uh, very reliable, very trustworthy. Um, but I, and I actually had a, a Garmin Oregon when I moved out here, started using the chip alongside of the app. But I mean, pretty dang quickly, you realize how reliable and how dependable the app really is because you're able to save those maps for offline use. So you don't need any cell service. It, it does take, you know, a few minutes of preparation before you head out into the hills. But so long as you save those maps for offline use, it's going to cache every single layer that we have. You're going to be able to use and turn on um, while you're offline. You're going to be able to see your exact location while you're offline. You're going to be able to use the tracking feature, which leaves a breadcrumb no matter where you go. Any of the map tools and markups all are available offline. So I mean, pretty quickly, I mean, shoot, after maybe my first couple weekends in the mountain carrying phone and GPS. Yeah, you stopped carrying the I, I GPS. Sold, <laughs> sold, sold my GPS and, and certainly haven't looked back. But yeah. there are a lot of guys that love running those those chips and their GPSs, you know, upland guys that run it with dogs. or I don't know. How about you? Do you still use the chip at all or are you full-blown phone? Well, here's the situation, and I, I, I want to talk about this a little bit more too, is so the chip – Basically, my understanding is a chip is the the best way to utilize that was was the landowner information um, aspect of it, where the, the to me the value of the chip was you pop it in you know whose land you're on, but in yep. in when I was in Montana I used that all the time, um, because Montana has a great statewide cadastral and all the landowner information is updated uh, all you know on a regular basis. Yep. Um, as you probably know, Maine is a completely different state where there's no centralized location for property owner information. So yep. all of, and it's not even at the county level, like a lot of places. And you can go into detail on this uh, if you want, but, but like Maine, you have to go to the town offices for a lot of these small towns to figure out who owns what land. And they might be open two days a week. And there's an old plat map that you open up and you kind of look at it and try to reference where you're at. And so, so the landowner aspect of, of the, uh, the Onyx tool is not as useful here. Um, and that's why I thought, boy, I'm not going to use this much. And of course, I started using the app and get the aerial imagery and everything else. And it just it, it went from there. But yet you want to talk a little bit about the uh, the challenge with the landowner information nationwide? For sure. So, you know, I'm definitely not on the GIS team and, and far from the uh, the expert on this type of knowledge in the company. But basically what I do know about how we gather our, our land ownership data is we actually just implemented a, a new process this year that we are going to each individual county um, in the entire United States. We have a team dedicated to this wow. and working with them to acquire land ownership updates and for the first time in the company's history we will hit every single county in the united states this year that's awesome and yeah so i mean we're super stoked on that in <laughs> fact there will be you know multiple counties that do see more than one update in a single calendar year so pretty awesome and pretty incredible feat just given the amount of land ownership data that's 
floating around in the U.S. You know, that's right. no no small amount of data. Now, the one caveat to that is obviously, you know, there are a few counties throughout the United States. I don't know exactly how many. We do have a map on our on our website that shows you the counties that we do not have covered. And the situation that arises there is there are a few counties that don't have their data digitized in any format. So like, um, yeah, that'd be a lot of those are in Maine. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely some in Maine. There's uh, one super popular one in Washington that gets requested all the time, a couple in Southern Illinois. Um, but yeah, it's usually just lower income counties, um, you know, typically don't have a population center anywhere nearby and, and yeah. just don't have a lot of income. So as you said, they might have this mega plat map, you know, that you can flip through and, and try to figure out the land ownership, but they don't have any way to put it in an online format to allow us to, you know, scrape that data and then input it into our systems, which I don't know the exact technicalities on that. Um, but, but those are the holdbacks with land ownership data is, is when counties are just behind the times and don't have the data available for us in a format that we can work with. Have you guys ever gone into a town office and like taken pictures of the plat maps and tried to piece that together? Is it too, probably too much effort to... So I know in the early days, you know, Eric and Matt and Holly were, those were like the three OG employees. <laughs> I know they were doing some of that and, you know, they were nose to the grindstone, but at this point, um, you know, I don't think we're paying any counties a, a in-person visit, but I do know that we have, you know, reps talking to folks at each individual county level to help gather that data. And I know that we've even worked with some counties in in attempt to um, help them digitize their data. I don't I don't know how far some of those discussions ever got, but I I'm trying to think of the county in Washington. It's in eastern Washington, but when I was in customer support, like I mean multiple requests every single week for this county's data so like when yeah. that starts to pile up and happen uh-huh. you know we definitely dive in and dig in a little bit further and do our best to to get that information for our customers because you know as as, as you know you know if the county you live in doesn't have that land ownership data and you know you're doing a lot in that county it can become pretty frustrating so we obviously we take those uh, those requests very seriously and we we do our best to get the data our consumers you know need yeah, and and where it is available, it it's on the app because you can tell like where I'm at, and I'm in far northern Maine. It's uh, this is the largest county area wise east of the Mississippi, but it has a population of about seventy thousand people. So um, very spread out in small towns, and not a lot, very poor economy. Um, but you can tell which towns have digitized data because you pull up the Onyx app and all of a sudden there's you go to one town and you've got all the landowner information there and then the next town doesn't have any. So Totally. Um, it, and man, like the folks that just don't uh, like there's so many times in CS you get somebody calling and they're like, well, my land ownership works 100 yards away, but it's not telling me the parcel <laughs> I need. And it's like, ugh, I, I wish I could help you, but I cannot. Yeah, but the, the good news is... Uh, if the landowner information is available, you guys have it. And Correct. if it's not, there there is still so much utility to uh, to using OnX that uh, I, I found even places, uh, the town I live in doesn't have landowner information, but I still use it okay. like twice, three times a week at a minimum. Heck yeah. And, and now, so, you know, just hopping right into, to, you know, your trapping stuff using OnX, 
you know, wh- what features are you utilizing most when you're out there running your trap lines and stuff? Okay, so the the coolest thing uh, about it for me, I, I mean, I just to back up a little bit and go get really basic, um, for people who don't already know this, um, all smartphones have a working GPS, right? My understanding. I don't know of any. Do you know of any yep. that don't? No, I, I'm pretty sure. I, I mean, all iOS and Android models do. I know, like, there's some Windows ones that are a little wonky, but for the most part. Yeah, so so you you've got the GPS in the phone, um, and the the two. I guess there there's kind of a couple of, of different ways that I use it on the trap line. Number one is uh, when you when you go out in the woods. Uh, of course, where we're in the woods, we have no cell service pretty much anywhere uh, that we get onto dirt roads. Um, you ahead of time you download that that aerial imagery. And you can yep. figure out everywhere you go, you've got the aerial photos and you can see what the ground looks like. You can see where the road systems are. You can see where the clear cuts are, the streams, the lakes, big, heavy timber. You can see beaver flowages, beaver lodges and stuff. Um, so that's uh, from a scouting perspective, that's one way that I use it. But once the trapping season starts and I'm off there, I'm going setting traps. Uh, the biggest thing I do is run my uh, tracks and you know, run a track of everywhere I go and mark every trap location. Sure. So the, and now when you're out there, I assume you're on just vast national forest land or something. Uh, it's private timberland, but like the area I track is it's three or 4 million acres of private timberland that's open to public access. Gotcha. Right on. And that's one of those layers in the app that, I mean, not a ton of people know about because I assume that really only shows up for you. I mean, obviously, if you turn the private land layer on, you'll see, you know, the private borders of whatever timber company that is. But if you turn on the possible access layer in, you know, for Maine there, I bet then it shows up with those green hashes, which is a layer a lot of folks don't know about. And it opens up like, I mean, out here in Montana, we have the same thing with like Plum Creek Timber Company, the Nature Conservancy, a few of these privately held giant swaths of land that, you know, don't appear necessarily open to the public. But you flip on that possible access layer on OnX and then do, you know, about 10 minutes extra of digging online just to ensure that it's legal to hunt there. And yeah, you lose a bunch of the crowd in areas like that, in my experience. That's pretty cool. And, and that's something that I don't take advantage of very much. Uh, there is, and I, a lot of these layers are new, relatively new. So um, maybe we can go into that. Um, the the main layers that I use, ninety five percent of the time, is the aerial imagery, that just the general standard yep. background layer. Sometimes I'll put the topo layer on, and yep. I'll kind of toggle back and forth between those. But I see, I mean, you've got you got a pile of different layers here. You got uh, uh, timber cuts, historic wildlife, Turkey Federation, QDMA stuff. Um, I even see a there's a precipitation radar layer. Yeah, we, so I mean, we're always trying to add value to the products, um, and now you know that comes through features, through new layers, through new partnerships with state agencies, all sorts of different stuff, but. Um, yeah, so each individual state will have its own category of layers, if you will. So okay. I just flipped on Maine, for instance, for you. And so Maine, Maine has four layers for Maine in and of itself. So it has private lands, government lands, 
possible access, and then wildlife management districts. So obviously that's all pretty much land ownership related. But again, that possible access layer, I would bet good money that if you turn that on, the timber company that you're trapping on is going to have the green hashes of that layer, uh, which we denote uh, for every single state has a possible access layer. Um, and again, it's just those those large holding companies, typically like timber companies or the Nature Conservancy or things along those lines that just, you know, open their lands up to public access. And then, I mean, to piggyback off of that, it doesn't look like Maine has one, but like out here in Montana, we have that block management program that I'm sure you are familiar with right. when you lived yep. out here where it's private lands, you know, held just by anybody that get opened up for public access through giving those type of folks tax breaks. Um, and so like we have those layers in the app, um, for a lot of the states that have those programs, like Iowa has that Kansas has that Montana. I mean, there's a bunch of them. Um, and again, those are just kind of off the beaten path places that take a little extra research that you might have to turn the layer on and cross reference with a quick Google search. Um, but those are places to check out that just don't get hit nearly as hard as your general national forest or state lands. Um, again, just because they're not as well known about, it takes a little bit of extra effort, but if you have on X, the extra effort is flipping a layer on more or less. Right. Um, yeah. And just but, the, yeah. a shout out to that WMD, that wildlife management district layer, uh, in Maine, the wildlife management districts for hunters are separated most of the time by roads and not by actual drainages and so oh. it can be very challenging when you're in the woods and we have especially a lot of moose hunters that come from uh, southern part of the state or other areas uh, that aren't familiar with northern maine and they get out there and try to figure out what you know make sure they're in the the proper wildlife management district for their moose tag so that's a that's a big one having that layer just as an added level of security to make sure you know that uh, this side of the road's legal and that side of the road's not. Totally, yeah, and I mean especially yeah with a once in a lifetime moose tag, you know I'm sure pretty much all of the folks drawing that tag are are not super familiar with the area they're hunting, assuming it's a destination hunt for many of them. So certainly good things to be aware of. But then as you touched on. You know, we have in if you go into map layers or layer library, the the hunt and trails and rec layers that you can open up, I mean, are pretty expansive. I mean, the hunt ones, you can you can get into some rabbit holes, but like timber cuts is one that I would imagine to be pretty dang useful in, in your part of the world. Um, just because I, I know there's a fair amount of, of hunters in the Pennsylvania, New York realm that they see a lot of timber cuts in those states. And obviously that just provides uh, some habitat diversity with with new growth, creating an edge along old growth, which, you know, most animals are edge critters. So, I mean, it just gives you a jump start on places to check out for whether you're hunting, trapping, whatever it may be. Um, you know, it, it gives you a starting point by just sitting at home on your computer for a half hour and and doing some research before you get out there to you know, really cut down on the time that you need to learn an area. So the, uh, are the timber cuts provide, is that information provided by National Forest or? Correct. Okay. Yep. So we work with the Forest Service to input that layer. Um, and, and that's a layer I know that we've, we've worked a little bit on just because right now that timber cuts layer is only on National Forest land. So you won't see it for like state lands or anything else like that. Um, and I know there has been some talk of, of deepening that layer, but I'm can't, can't really speak exactly where we're at on that. But 
um, tons of other layers and hunt there. Like a roadless area is one. I'm actually going to turn that on right here on web map and go look in Northern Maine. Cause I bet, well, I don't know. You said you guys have a lot of logging roads up there. I yeah, suppose. we don't have it. I don't think we have any roadless there. areas, maybe Baxter state park, uh, in the middle of the Northern part of the state, but sure. I'm guessing the, you know, the roadless areas. I know when I was out West, a lot of the forest service ground, there were roadless areas there that, um, you'd probably pick up. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's not looking like Maine. Maine has too much, uh, a little bit, but yeah, looks like a lot of logging roads. Yeah. Uh, but as you said, yeah, Black Blackbrook Mountains have some good roadless areas anyway. Huh. Um, yeah, and so I, I don't want to be too Maine-centric because I'm in Maine, but we have guys from all over the country listening in, so uh, I'm sure there there are places where certain things work here and they don't work elsewhere or, or vice versa. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's there's enough going on inside of Onyx to keep you busy for as long as you want to play around on it. <laughs> so uh, for people who um, are, are, are just are not familiar with this whole deal and you know they got a smartphone they use it for a few things they go out in the woods they use a gps they go trapping they might a lot of guys still use the odometer on the truck you know on sure. on this road and this is where yep. my traps are and stuff what is what, what is the the first thing to do to get started here with onyx just from the very very beginning totally so, I mean, we offer a seven-day free trial to the Hunt app. So, I mean, you can download it right from the App Store or Android Play Store on a smartphone on X Hunt. Go download it. You create an account that immediately kicks you into a seven-day free trial. So, what you're going to get is access no, no to... No credit card or anything required for that, right? No, completely risk-free. So, no credit card required. You're able to just go in there. You're going to get a seven-day taste of our premium single-state membership, which we sell for 30 bucks a year. Um, so you get to choose your state and you get full functionality of the hunt app for seven days. You know, you can save a map for offline use, check out land ownership data, mark as many waypoints as you want. Um, but then after that seven days, you know, you're going to lose, you're going to lose some of the paid capabilities. So you're going to lose land ownership data. You're going to lose the ability to have more than one saved map. Um, but my, my thought here with the hunt app, and I think you'll completely agree with me here is it's one of the cheapest products that you can buy for outdoor recreating, whether that's hunting, trapping, or fishing. You know, 30 bucks, it, that doesn't even get you a half a tank of gas if you drive a truck. <laughs> like, right. I mean, it's such a drop in the bucket. And legitimately, now I'm biased. I obviously work here. But I pull up this app uh, just about every single day. Um and certainly every single time I'm going out to do something, like even if it's just camping or fishing, you know, just to have an understanding of, of where you're going, even if you think you know a spot pretty well, just by taking a, a nice overview on the map, like for instance, right now fishing, you know, I just look at a river before going there and you can easily pinpoint, oh, there's a big bend there. That's going to create a uh, big yeah, hole here, exactly. drop yep. a waypoint. And then it's like, <laughs> You know, you save so much valuable time when you're actually in the field that you don't have to wonder what's around the next bend or if there's going to be a better spot coming up or if you should just hammer this hole because that's my best bet to find a fish. Yeah, you know, your time, recreation time is so valuable that yeah. if you can save from scrambling, circling around in the woods looking for places to hunt or fish or trap, I mean, that's worth a lot. 
Absolutely. So, I mean, that, that, that's how I would start is, you know, go download the seven day free trial and use it, check it out. If it's for you, there you go. And if not, like you still get a bunch of functionality with just the basic membership when you're not paying anything, you can still use all the map tools. You can still like mark waypoints. You can still use the tracker. So like, even if a guy was setting traps and he wasn't fully sure that he needed to spend the 30 bucks on land ownership data, you know, he can still fully use the Onyx Hunt app to mark all of his trap locations, turn his tracker on to, you know, lay down that breadcrumb on everywhere that he's been that day, marking all of his sets with, with waypoints that he can share with his trapping buddy that if he can't check them the next day, he can share that waypoint with Bob who can go, he gets that waypoint straight to his app as a text message, opens that text message and it drops that pin on his Onyx Hunt app so he can go check that trap. That's awesome. Uh, you know, there, there's so many use cases. And again, it's it's really going to be one of the, if not the cheapest products that you'll buy and you'll use it so often throughout the year. So you're, you're giving away a little too much here. There are a lot of things you just said you could do for free that I didn't realize you could do for free. Yeah, absolutely. And, that, <laughs> and that's fine, you know, because the more, like anything, the more you use it, the more you become invested. And, you know, for the guy that keeps using it for free, dropping waypoints and, and dropping tracks, eventually, you know, he's going to have a need for that second saved map or he's going to have a need for yeah. land ownership data, you know, right. like, again, and that $30 price point, it, it doesn't take uh, too many times to be like, oh, man, I really wish I had this to spend 30 bucks. So at the end of the seven days, you'll get a notification that you can subscribe and yep. then yep. you go to checkout and, and now we have a code for people to, uh, to use to, to save, to get a discount on that checkout, right? You dang right. Go to, to onyxmaps.com. So if you buy at our website, you're able to use Jeremiah's promo code trap here to save 20%, um, you know, and get, get that $30 app for 23 yeah, now a lot of people, that only applies on the website, not through the Google Play or the iTunes store, right? Correct. Yeah, so just pay attention to that. If you're trying to get it through through the app um, and not the website, then you're not going to be able to get that 20% off. But um, and, and sometimes that trips people up where you're going to a website to buy something for your phone, but the way that that connects is, you know, your login is the same. So the email that you created your account with, you can use that same email and password on our website um, and use the functionality of our web map. So just like you have the hunt app on your phone, you can pull it up on your computer, uh, you know, to get on that any, on any computer, right? Any device. Yes, really yeah. iPad and computer, a phone, any, any smart device that has internet access. I just really like using a computer because it gets me a big screen. Yeah. So the, this is to me the most valuable part of this whole deal is use this thing you go out just like you would with your gps so so just for people that you're doing the trial you're signed in you got the app you just open up the app on your phone and you there's there's kind of like a compass button that you press yep. and it'll put your it'll put a dot right where you're located and so you'll see your location and then you'll see everything around you um and and then you can go about, we'll, we'll talk about how you mark waypoints and tracks and all that and tool, the, all the other tools. But I guess the, the point I want to make was you do all this stuff on your phone while you're out in the woods and you come back, that, all of that data is automatically uploaded into your account online that you can access from your computer, from a tablet, 
from another phone. If you drop your phone and break it, all that information is still there. Yep, 100%. So that, I mean, we store all of your markups and all of your data in our cloud. That way, just as you said, if you lose that phone, you break that phone, you're not losing years worth of data. We have that all backed up. And the, the fact that all of those markups sync straight from your phone to your computer with no effort is, is such a lifesaver. I mean, again, you can drop waypoints on your computer to prepare to go check out a spot, pull up your phone and within a few minutes, they'll be, so, (laughs) um, Yeah, super, super useful functionality there. And maybe we're getting a little lazy, but I I really didn't like having to plug my Garmin GPS in when I got home, hook it up to my computer, pull up uh, base camp, base, whatever, base Base, camp, and and transfer that over. (laughs) You know, a lot of times I didn't do that, and I was always paranoid I was going to lose my waypoints. Yep. No. And I, I mean, it's just a pain to have to do that every time. So that's exactly why we, you know, created that functionality with, with the hunt app. So we've got the hunt, the hunt app open and we want to go out in the woods. Now want to walk people through how to uh, get a map ready so that they can view it while they're offline. Yep. Absolutely. So basically when you open the hunt app, you have all of your options at the bottom, you have your map layers tab, offline maps, my content, map tools, tracker going across the bottom. That's where you're gonna live. And so the offline maps tab, if you just simply tap that, it pulls up a little card that asks if you want save a new map, save new offline map or go offline. So when you're prepared to go out for the weekend or you know go set your trap line, whatever you find yourself doing, hit that new offline map button in orange and that's going to pull up uh, a new card that gives you a rectangle outside of the map area that you're looking at and about to save at which point across the bottom you'll see options to save it in five miles wide 10 miles wide and 150 miles wide and so what that does is the the smaller the map size the higher resolution aerial imagery you are saving so the five mile map is going to give you the most zoom detail and resolution whereas the 150 mile wide map is just going to give you you know bird's eye view overview this is public that's private type of deal so typically i'm saving 10 mile maps i don't need to zoom in to see the particular tree that I want to, you know, sit in or sit next to, set a trap on, whatever it may be. Um, so I usually save 10-mile maps. Um, and then if I'm going to a place that I'm completely unfamiliar with, what I'll do is I'll save a 150-mile map just to cover my bases and then save 10-mile maps inside of that 150-mile map. Oh, that's a good uh, idea. I hadn't thought of know, that. On the, yeah, on the areas that I'm actually interested in honing in on. But again, when you don't really know what you're getting into, that 150 mile map just gives you the peace of mind and the confidence that it's like, okay, even if these spots don't pan out, I'm gonna be able to figure out where my roads are, what's public and private, and still be able to you know, use the app with the 150 mile map. Yeah, what we uh, do a lot of times as trappers, we cover a lot of ground. And so I, I've, yeah. I've done like in the past couple of years, like I'll save, like four of those maps adjacent to each other to try and yep. cover a big area and it, it uses more space. Um, and then I'll be trapped and I'll go off on a road system. I'll be off the edge of the map. And of course yep. you can still use it. You can still mark waypoints. You can still see where you are. You just don't see the aerial imagery behind what you're doing. And, and so, um, 
that's a I, I hadn't even thought of that but that's a great idea you can download that big huge one and then download more detailed maps within it yeah and actually we have some really cool saved map improvements coming out here in the next month or so um that's just going to make saving maps a little bit more seamless uh you're going to be able to I won't. I wouldn't call it customized, but you're going to be able to manipulate how you save your map a little bit better. Um, so we we got some things coming down the pipe just to make offline maps that much better. Yeah, and just to clarify, if you got cell service, you don't need to do any of this. Um, you you get every map. It's just when you're going out out of cell service, you want to have that on your phone's hard drive so you can access that. Yeah, it's just something that's not well understood about about the the Hunt app in general as far as with new users. They just think, oh, it's an app. It's not going to work if I don't have service. I hunt or I trap where I don't have service. It's not going to be useful to me, which just couldn't be further from the truth. And I'll be I'll tell you what, looking at this phone screen compared to and I don't even have a very big phone, but compared to a GPS, you can't even compare the two. It's like watching a, a TV from the 90s versus a modern day TV. Yeah, it's incredible. Uh, it's just such a higher quality experience. So I'd, I'd much rather, as long as the phone is functioning good, I'd much rather use it than the GPS. I still do use a Garmin for, for backup at times. but um, not, not to mention like the functionality of trying to either use a touch screen on a Garmin or the buttons. Oh, like, yeah. You talk. You talk about uh, not a great user experience. I mean, the the touchscreen Garmin's I've had, you got to about punch the screen for it to react, and then the ones with the little buttons you're trying to navigate to do the different tasks. Yeah, the phone just makes it so much easier. Yeah. yeah. Not to mention that the startup cost of getting a GPS, like you're you're already in it a couple hundred bucks before <laughs> buying any chip or any add-on aerial imagery. Whereas you probably already have a smartphone, just go spend 30 bucks and get the app. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so the other tools, you can do, you can do more than just that, right? Um, I've, used, I've used the distance tool, the, the uh, shape area tool. I mean, wh- what can you do with all that stuff? Yeah, so I mean, the, the options are really endless, just depending on what you're trying to do. I, I mean, waypoints, the obvious use cases are marking traps, you know, the sets that you already have, areas of interest, you know, places that you want to go check out worthy of, you know, potentially poking around. Um, and you can completely customize those. So we have, oh, I think we have over 70 different waypoint icons at this point. I think uh, there's like 10 to 12 different color options so i try to keep my map pretty color coordinated so like all my deer waypoints are yellow turkey waypoints are blue so you know if your martin sets were yellow you could make your you know coon sets orange whatever it may be can you can you can you quickly access uh those are there settings there you can quickly access because for example i I just been using mine i've just been dropping the pins or you know those standard waypoint symbol because it take it took so much time there's a trap symbol there but i'd always have to scroll over and maybe it's just me being lazy but i have to scroll all the way over and grab that trap symbol every time no you're not alone so that 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 user experience was something that we got a lot of feedback from that's like hey you guys need to make this so i can customize this waypoint immediately upon creation so that actually will be in our next ios release you will be able to from onset of creating waypoint um we're gonna have 
the ability to choose favorites inside the app. So you're going to be able to choose your couple favorite like waypoint icons or your most used waypoint icons will be at the front. Um, and then you're also going to be able to, you know, right off the bat, add a photo, um, put notes in there and change the color of a waypoint right upon creation instead of having to edit it. So that's going to nice. be a much, awesome. a much more seamless experience using waypoints. Love it. Love it. Um, and, and so, and, so yeah, carry on. I interrupted you there. No, you're good. So, I mean, and waypoints are super useful. Now, from a trapping standpoint of view, you know, I, I don't really know about photo waypoints. Um, I use them all the time, like whitetail hunting with all my trail cameras. Any any good buck or bull that I get from a particular trail camera, I'll add a photo waypoint to that camera. And I, I don't, it's, it, you know, helps me stay organized, but it also is just like, you know, I'm sitting in my tree stand and I'm looking. So I don't know if you ever add photos to a particular trap, from your trap line it might be useful. If you have a buddy checking the trap, you can take a picture of a, you know, the tree the trap is in to help them get them there or something like that. But the ability to add photo waypoints is kind of sweet. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but really the, the big one for trapping in, in my opinion would be the sharing use case. Yeah, so I didn't any, even thought about that. You can, I mean, because you could get sick and have need a buddy to go and check your traps for you, and you can just share it right to his phone. Yeah, absolutely. And you, so you can share any markup. So even if it was a, a track that you made into an area that wasn't intuitive to get to, you can share that track with a buddy. He gets that track as a text message. He opens it up. It drops that track straight onto his phone and he's he's not able to share that track with anybody so it's kind of your own proprietary data on his map yeah so he can't you know he can't burn you by sharing oh, guy, one of guys are like that <laughs> uh, yeah but but so it allows you to just stay on the same page and you know coordinate with with a trapping buddy or whatever if you can't make it out to check those traps that day so that that's a super useful feature as far as being able to share waypoints markups yeah. um all that good stuff um, but then like the line distance tool, um, I'm using that one a lot to like measure how far of a walk in it is to a particular spot or, you know, I've even used it as like a range finder replacement at times when I forgot my range finder at home. Uh, I don't know. Do you ever put the line distance tool to use with your trapping applications? Uh, not necessarily. Um, I use it in so many other ways. <laughs> Okay. I, I use it all the time on the farm. Uh, how far do I get around a fence line, for instance, sure. <laughs> for the cattle? Yep. Um, I, I measure distances um, between different property boundaries and stuff. Um, hunting sometimes, you know, how far of a shot is that going to be if I if yep. I set up over here? So I can't think right off the top of my head of ways I've used it in trapping, though. Well, as you just mentioned, there's there's a lot of ways to find use out of out of the line tool, um, and then the area shape. Again, you know, I use that planting food plots a lot. I mean, yep. you can just draw a polygon over any any piece of ground and get the perimeter as well as the inside acreage. So I would, I mean, a lot of applications there for farming, um, food plot planting. Uh, you know, even just like planning out to, to put a shed on a piece of property or something because I know like when you're going through to get like building permits and stuff you have to submit a bunch of that type of thing I don't know there, there's all sorts of use cases that are pretty easy to find with those types of tools absolutely yeah um, 
but then the last the last tool kind of is our tracker which sounds like you use that one a fair amount when you're running your i do up. yeah i i constantly use it because i want to know like we have the road systems are so complex so which road did i take and which direction did i turn you know it's it's very difficult to remember you can look at you can look at a whole maze of 50 different trap locations but which road did i use to get to this one or that one so uh the the, the tracking tool is huge and i and if i remember correctly are you using a snowmobile a fair amount when you're running your lines yeah um i i typically the last couple of years i've started out with a pickup truck setting the traps and then we get two feet of snow and then we're forced to use the snowmobiles yeah sure so yeah i mean then then i would imagine you know it, it even becomes more useful because i'm sure once you have a few feet of snow on the ground you know those roads can quickly get covered up you probably have a few shortcuts where you can bebop between spots and in you know as i said being able to share that track if you weren't able to go check your line like you know w- without that i don't know how you'd ever get a buddy or, or somebody else to ever get to those spots exactly yeah it'd be, it'd be very difficult for sure um, yeah another thing that i find myself using a lot is being able to toggle between uh, different uh, uh, waypoints organized by date and so uh, a lot of times what we'll do is set out 20 30 40 traps and then you come back and certain areas are more are, are more effective than others they you know tend to catch more than others and certain totally. places you don't see any tracks or anything, you get some snow, there's nothing there, you pull those traps out and you set them in a different place. And so uh, in, instead of having to go and uh, delete, you know, try and delete waypoints out and try and add new ones in, um, I'll just mark my new waypoints for, for that particular day. And then you can toggle back and forth and you can, turn, you can turn waypoint layers on and off based on the day that you actually set those traps. Yeah, I mean, with with the My Content tab, you can, uh, frankly, you can get as organized or as unorganized as you want to with your map. I mean, like, if you're super organized about it and you're naming every waypoint with just something that's going to resonate with you and color coordinating. I mean, I've, I've seen some folks' maps that are absolutely dialed. Whereas mine, mine's a little bit of a cluster. I mean, my colors, my colors are pretty good, but I'm really bad about naming them. So I've certainly used the my content filtering tabs where you can filter by type, by date. Um, so those definitely come in handy. And that's another thing that I mean is is definitely a priority to be worked on um, in the in the coming year is just better better ways to organize and filter content because we certainly hear about that a lot where it's like hey i got 2000 waypoints on my app i don't know what half of them are <laughs> I, I i need a way to to organize this so um you're able to select a whole bunch of waypoints in a big batch to delete them um it's super easy to do on web map uh so so we're always working to improve that because we know there are a ton of users out there that maps get pretty overwhelmed with content on them yeah for sure um, so we're, we're dealing with technology and we're dealing with electronic equipment. There's always going to be yep. things that go wrong. And I had some issues, um, with my phone, um, like freezing up on me and sure. it was that, that Google pixel phone you've mentioned and there's been a few issues with that. So what do you guys have? Like, I know the customer service is awesome. Um, it, it's an English speaking person that they get back to you really quick, uh, help you out. Uh, it's been really helpful for me. 
Um, what are the, the common things that people might want to look out for and, uh, and solutions for those? Totally. So, I mean, a few common things is like one thing that I certainly do on, on my app is, you know, especially if you have the elite. So we have two, we have two different subscription options. You have the premium single state version, which is 30 bucks. Then we have the elite all 50 state version, which is a hundred bucks for the year. Um, and so like one thing to keep your app functioning as quickly as possible is those of us with elite, sometimes you'll get in there and all of a sudden you'll look in your, my layers and you have like 25 States turned on and <laughs> just all of them have multiple layers running. So sometimes I go in there, remove some of those States and just keep only keep the things that I'm using actively on as active, you know, like anything, the more things you have running, the more tabs you have up in an internet window, the slower your internet's going to run. So same type of thing. Um, the other thing that I would always ensure, uh, is test your offline maps before you go in the field. You know, it takes 20 seconds to throw your phone on airplane mode, open up the hunt app and make sure that offline map is working. Um, Sometimes there's there's just things that happen with a phone or there was an update that your phone did not update where your offline map might be out of date, which, again, with this new offline map release that we have coming up, that's going to fix all of this um, where you will never have to update an offline map again. They'll auto update. Um, another thing to ensure is that you actually just have your app updates from like Google Play or Apple automatically updating. Um, just being a piece of technology and a tech company, we probably publish an update to the app every couple weeks. If you know, maybe once a month on the on the low end of things. Um, but all of these are improving things, fixing bugs, adding new features. So turning on um, your phone to automatically update your apps, especially the Hunt app, uh, is imperative for sure. Um, but as you mentioned, I absolutely want to touch on our customer support team. Uh, it's, it's more, I think, around 15 full-time customer support agents where that's what they're there to do. They're there to help. So help at onxmaps.com is the email address to reach them at. Otherwise, you know, the number 406-540-1600 after being in customer support, I'll never forget that one. Um, <laughs> But yeah, live, live, real time, talk to people here in Missoula, Montana, um, a bunch of folks that love to get out there and go exploring off pavement that are more than happy to, to help you get on the right track. So what, when you were in customer service, what was the most common issue? Oh gosh, the most common issue. Honestly, it wasn't even an issue with the app. It was the amount of times that we were told their phone did not work when they went on a hunt. And it was simply just because they never saved a map. You know, they just oh, thought yeah, the app yeah. was going to work when they got out there. Um, but I mean, as, as far as common issues, that that's the great thing about OnX is, is we have a very, very high stability rate with our app. Um, and, and that's kind of just come with the territory of being in the game for 10 years and having the amount of customers that we do is that far and away, as far as a mobile mapping app, created for the outdoor industry our product is far more reliable and stable than any of the others out there just because we've done so much work on our back end systems and servers because of the amount of customers we have that makes the app so reliable yeah it's pretty neat that you can just if you have an issue you can you can fix it and then just up just 
pop an update on and, and it downloads to people's phones. So it's almost seamless. You know, you don't have to do anything different on, on our end. Yeah, it's really no work on, on the customer's end. And, and obviously, if you do have an issue, our customer support team is super, super good about, you know, making the best out of the situation, you know, whether that's if you had uh, an app issue while out on your hunt or something along those lines and you give us a shout, we're going to make it right. You know, we're going to set you up for the next year on Elite or this, that, or the other thing. You know, we certainly ensure that if a customer calls in and, and had an issue, that we resolve it and, and hopefully we turn that customer into a customer for life just by interacting with them and making right of the situation. Yep, that's good. Um, so the the Onyx, the Hunt app is is basically the mainstay here of, of Onyx and it has been for forever. But you you just came out with this new off-road thing. What's it, What's that all about? Yeah, so, you know, obviously with the Hunt app success and just the, you know, the sheer amount of folks that find great use in it, um, we started exploring some other avenues as far as, you know, niches in the, the outdoor industry that could use a navigation product. Um, and we just found off-road, there was, there was a ton, you know, there are a ton of folks that, whether they're on a UTV or an ATV, a dirt bike, they set their truck up to be an overlanding rig, you know, just millions of those folks out there recreating. And we didn't feel that there was a adequate product on the market to help them, um, you know, find those experiences thereafter and also guide them throughout their experiences. And given what we are, excuse me, what we already had built with the Hunt app, we already had a lot of the capabilities that were needed by these types of, you know, users, folks that off-road, that overland, um, do that type of thing. So uh, we, we were able to build a separate app that's catered just for those type of folks that are looking to, you know, find find some off-road experience and go Bahan into the woods. Um, and so, yeah, the off-road app was launched last April. So it's been around for just a little bit more than a year. Um, and it's, it, yeah, it's been great. It's been a fun ride. It's, you know, obviously the team has grown, um, and, and it's interesting just to see the, the response that we've gotten from folks about off-road, you know, we're empowering a whole separate group of users to, to get out there and, and enjoy the, the natural, the natural world that we are fortunate enough to have here in the U S you know, there's many places, most places in fact, around the world that just don't have these outdoor recreation opportunities that we do. So we just want to be able to empower as, as many folks out there as we can to get out there and, and see some cool things. So that's, that's primarily, I'm assuming that's trails, the, the off-road. Is, yeah. Is yeah. The, like the major the... data is definitely trails. Um, and we're actually doing a, a, an interesting approach there is we're, we're pulling in a bunch of user generated content with these trails to try to get that rich data, you know, cause obviously we're only so big of a team. We can't go hit every trail across the United States as much as we would like to. <laughs> That'd um, be fun, yeah. yeah. So we actually have a, like a trail guide program where we have, um, you know, folks that are out riding trails for us and providing data on the trail as far as, you know, condition of the trail difficulty of the trail you know what type of vehicle is best suited for the trail so that way we're trying to provide folks the intel and the data they need to determine hey am i set up for this is this really the adventure i'm looking for is this biting off more than i want to chew you know those type of things to help people really plan 
you know, plan their weekend and that way they're going to make the most of it. They're not going to get out there and be like, whoa, my rig is not <laughs> set up for this trail. So we have this huge interconnected uh, snowmobile trail system here in Maine, uh, in, in particular in northern Maine. I, I imagine yep. someday we're going to have uh, people bumming around on snowmobiles using the, uh, the off-road app. So have you have you ever heard of the folks at Big Woods Bucks? They're out of Maine. How blood, yeah. Yep. Yeah, okay. So we actually work with those guys. Um, and one guy in their crew is big into the snowmobiling scene. And he was actually telling me about your guys' trail system. And I actually hooked him up with the off-road guys. Um, nice. and, and it sound, sounded like he was going to help provide some of that user-generated rich content and, and help get us some of those main trails in there. Oh, cool. That's awesome. So if people are interested, they can contact you about that if they've got. Oh, absolutely. Because I mean, that that's the whole the whole deal of it is some of that data is pretty hard to find, especially especially we found in the Appalachian regions. I do believe we don't have nearly as much data as we do in the West. And so, you know, when we can find folks that we can rely on to help us gather that data um, and accurately, we're all about that. Good deal. Good deal. So what's next for on X? Yeah, that's, uh, that's always a tough question. You know, being in, in the tech space, I can never give away too much just because it's such a fast moving industry. Um, but we definitely have some imagery improvements coming down the pipe. Um, in the next, I would say I'm, I'm comfortable to say two months, you'll see a pretty big improvement on just the way you're able to view your maps i'll, I'll leave it at that okay uh, um, we have those saved maps improvements that i was talking about so you're gonna see about two times faster saving speeds um more auto, auto updating saved maps so if you have like land ownership that updates inside of a saved map there's going to be a, a little toggle where you can just flip that on so it automatically updates um it's, it's going to be a little bit different look and feel with the saved maps. That's going to be much more intuitive for our users. Uh, we also have those markup feature improvements that I was telling you about. That's just going to yeah. be a much more seamless way to, to use all of the markups. Um, and then, oh, we also, well, there's also going to be another big thing coming from Onyx that I can't quite allude to just yet. Um, but that'll be a pretty big splash into, uh, the outdoor world as well. But again, being, being in tech, I can never give away too much. Big splash. How long do we need to wait for that one? Oh, I don't even have a timeline on it yet, but, <laughs> but I'm, I'm thinking still in 2020. Yeah. Well, that's cool. I'm sure we'll hear so, about it. Um, you will for sure. What's this access initiative? Yeah, so you'll see actually a, a landlocked report coming out from us pretty quickly here, a new one. It'll actually be our second landlocked report. Um, but our founder, Eric, Eric Siegfried, he is super passionate about just general access into public lands. And there are millions and millions of acres of public lands, you know, land that you and I own, um, that's landlocked, completely inaccessible to, to the everyday public. Surrounded and, by private land primarily. That yes, for the most part. Don't want, don't want the public in there. 
Yeah, you know, it's not even necessarily that, but it's just like, you know, a lot of these, especially in the West, you have these checkerboarded sections, which has to do something with the Homestead Act. And, you know, when people homesteaded out here, it was all by section. And so they also, I, I don't know the exact specifics of it, but a lot of those lands also went to the BLM, which inevitably it just created this checkerboard effect effect and corner crossing is not legal so you have all of these sections of land that are just completely surrounded by private but are public lands um and so what we're doing here at on x is we actually have our own access team which is led by eric um and we actually have an access fund that what we do is is we work to gather the data and information to decipher exactly how much of these lands and what lands are landlocked and then we work with organizations like trcp and rmef um, and sometimes even just like private landowners to help create access easements purchase pieces of land that help open up access um, and, and just different ways to help open these public lands that are yours and mine um to recreate on and and basically our first report was done on the western states which obviously just because there's far more landlocked well far more public land in general thus there's more landlocked public land out here so about a little over a year ago i believe we put out that first landlocked report which covered um i believe it was eight or nine western states and then we're about to put one out that covers wisconsin and minnesota um which there's actually, I mean, a pretty staggering amount of landlocked acreage in those two states, especially Minnesota. Huh. Yeah, so um, it's actually been a, a big initiative at Onyx is is really helping open up some of some of this access to these public lands that uh, are currently inaccessible. Huh. Well, that's good, and you got the data. That's the beauty of it is is the data is really, I mean, uh, it's that's the powerful part of this is. Uh, you, you already have that all put together uh, for someone to start from scratch and try to figure that out without oh, the information would impossible. be almost impossible. Yeah. Well, and, and the other thing is, is it's like, I just think this is a really, I'm really, really stoked that Onyx does this just because I think it's so cool that we publish this information for everybody. And really it just raises awareness and knowledge because I think there's, there's a lot of people that realize there might be landlocked land out there, but they don't really know what they can do about it or if there's anything that can be done about it. And so, I mean, I guess this is just the first step to raise awareness and being like, Hey, you know, there is a couple hundred thousand acres of inaccessible public lands in your state. You know, here are the folks that, that are working to get you access to that, whether that's TRCP or RMEF or, on X itself or whoever it may be, you know, that allows you to be like, Oh, I'm going to go buy an RMEF membership. And that $35 absolutely at the end of the day helps you be able to access, you know, those landlocked lands. Yeah. And uh, I think, I believe the Renella Patelis 2020 <laughs> initiative is, uh, is also uh, contributing yep. towards buying land to, to that purpose as well. Yeah, I, I, I believe they are as well. I'm not, I don't really, that's a great question to bring up. I don't know if we are, as far as Onyx involved with what Renella Patelis 2020 is doing or not, but I know I know that that is definitely at the core of, of their little uh, spoof campaign there. It's, it's a good idea, isn't it? Oh, I love it. I, I, 
shoot, if Ranella threw his name on the ballot for 2020, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, boy. Th- yeah, it'd be it'd be an interesting election. <laughs> well, it already is, but that would make it a little more interesting for me personally, anyway. <laughs> Well, hey, Jared, uh, I really appreciate this, uh, spending time with us and, and, and teaching us a little more about this. Is there anything that, that we didn't cover that you wanted to get into? Boy, I think as far as the app goes, that covered it. Um, and again, you know, if, if you have questions about OnX, any of our social channels, whether you find OnX Hunt on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever it may be, if you have questions, you know, we are open lines of communication through all those channels. We love to interact with our customers and, and folks that like OnX. So, um, you know, give us a shout. Send us your, your harvest success photos. Send us your, your trapping photos. We love to see that type of stuff. And, uh, yeah, keep putting the Hunt app to work and uh, empowering those off-road experiences. Awesome. Thanks, Jared. Appreciate it. Hey, appreciate it, Jeremiah. Okay, thank you for listening to that. Hope you enjoyed learning more about OnX. And remember that promo code TRAP, T-R-A-P, to save 20% off at onxmaps.com. Now it's time for the Cots Bros Deal of the Week. Go to K-A-A-T-Z-B-R-O-S.com. And when you place your order, use the promo code 3X. That's the number three, the letter X for triple the points off of any Cotsbro's baits. So now's the time to be stocking up on baits and lures, and you can get uh, three times bonus points for Cotsbro's baits. Those points stack up pretty good. That's going to be, I think, equivalent to like 15% off of, of any baits that you purchase. So this offer expires on the 15th of August. Uh, so if you're listening to this, you got a few days to, to get on Cotsbro's.com, place your order, Take advantage of that code 3X. And until next time, guys, keep on prepping for the trapping season. Keep on talking trapping. Keep on thinking trapping. We'll catch you on the next episode.